Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of Yahweh armies will make this happen. A couple important things happened last week. Vaccines for ages 5 to 12 began to roll out, and I am recording this for you on a Monday, which means my kids get their first dose in four hours and three minutes at 2.40 this afternoon. Starbucks rolled out holiday drinks and their companion cups, which brought up the regular debate about when the Christmas holiday season begins. Historically, I have been a one holiday at a time person, but I realize this year I'm shifting. I saw a meme with a calendar of November and December where they blocked out basically November 1st through Thanksgiving and then the day after Thanksgiving to the 25th of December and marked that those are Christmas. They gave Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I believe, to the holiday of Thanksgiving. And I realized that deep in my soul that felt true because, side note, I'm not a huge Thanksgiving fan and I really am a Christmas fan. And you know... Generally speaking, as I realized this shift, I realized it aligns with our church, where we are kind of all about being open to new and better ways to think about, you know, the world. Now, here at church, I get to extend this spirit of Christmas as we turn to the biblical accounts that surround Jesus's arrival on earth. Our new series is called God With Us, and we'll be walking a week at a time through a portion of the Christmas narratives, different characters especially, and the emotions that they're feeling starting today with the prophets and the feeling of anticipation that they usher in. Now, as we do all this, we are indeed hoping to create space to connect with God this Christmas time, but our core question is really bigger than that. As we enter the Christmas story, might we find ways to live like God is really with us all the time? We want to welcome what God has for us at Christmas, absolutely, but we also want to welcome God's presence with us always. Seasons can be really helpful because they capture our attention with their difference and their uniqueness. The practices of the season can be really helpful because they ripple into the rest of our lives beyond those months. As a relevant aside on seasons, this also intersects with us being a church together. We go through seasons where we dig in more or try on fresh interpretations of scripture, where we let Curtis nerd out to the high heavens, like our last couple of series. We also go through seasons where we are intentionally simple, restful even. This series, God With Us, is meant to be that kind of a season, collectively. We want to walk to the end of the year looking for ways to experience God with us, 
And for many of us, because the Christmas stories are familiar, this can feel like a really good thing, like snuggling in. We aren't just seasonal creatures, we're seasonal communities. And because this end of year run for many of us is busy and loud and fast, we want on purpose to have this series feel like a counterpoint to that. So back to God's presence. I know I want to live like God really is with me as much as possible. I want expectancy and hope. Those things that come up so much at Christmas, I want them to be part of how I see the world all the time. And so I hope that these seven sections of the Christmas stories and their companion seven practices might offer us some handles for how to do that. Let's dive into the beginning, which actually happens hundreds of years before Jesus arrives. Israel already believed God was with them. God's presence among them was already significant, marked by pillars of fire and pillars of cloud in the Exodus, marked by the songs of the psalmist or the words of the prophets who speak for God and have their words come to pass. The people already knew God was active and among them. And from the prophets then come these first whispers of the idea that God's coming in a different way. We heard those words from Isaiah 9, as I began, and there are others, like Micah 5 too. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distance past, will come from you on my behalf. Isaiah 7, 14. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. But between these words of the prophets and the arrival of Jesus, there is a long time of waiting, of just living day to day, of not seeing any spectacular movement from God, or at least not something that would be recorded in scripture. And what comes from the waiting is perhaps surprising. It was to me. The prophets look back. They turn to tradition because it helps cultivate anticipation. So many of the times we hear the words of the prophets now, knowing that Jesus has arrived, we only think about the looking forward between their words and Jesus coming. But what they actually did often was look backward. Israel has this rich tradition of telling stories of God's actions in the past. Consider as just one example, the meal of Passover. It's this full meal and every element is part of the story so that the story isn't simply told, it's lived, it's embodied. Here's another example of how they look back. In Jeremiah 34, 12 to 13, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. This is what Yahweh God of Israel says. I made a covenant with your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. And Curtis mentioned this specifically, the role of the Exodus story in shaping us to be Jubilee people a few sermons ago. The reality is that tradition keeps anticipation alive. And anticipation and hope grow as the people look back. How often do we settle for not experiencing God with us because anticipation seems silly and hope seems foolish? The prophets remind us that anticipation isn't silly. We know that God is with us because God was with us. Hope isn't foolish. We know that God will come to us because God has come to us. And every time we observe the traditions that tell stories of God with us in the past, it helps us live now like God really is with us. It helps us look forward expecting God to be with us.
I think the prophets can guide us in how to reconnect to God with us as we shed fresh light on our Christmas traditions. And I think we could then practice at Christmas something that carries on from now on. As they anchor their hope in the past, they then turn with hopeful anticipation to the future. And you, in a few weeks, will likely do something Christmassy. You'll put out decorations. You'll order a special Starbucks drink. You'll change the playlist you listen to. You'll begin your Christmas traditions. And so what if at that time, you let those things not just help you get ready to celebrate the upcoming holy day, but also anchor you to God's presence all the time? To help draw this out, in our community live at Church on Zoom, a couple of people told stories of an item or a tradition that reminded them of God with them. One person shared about their Advent calendar and the way it had played a role in coming close to the Christmas story each year. Another shared about the ways that creating Christmas magic points them to the goodness of God and looking for little bits of what feel a bit magical at times and special remind you of God's goodness all the rest of the time. And then we did this practice with these questions in mind. How can our anticipation help us experience God with us? How can we anchor ourselves in God's past nearness and presence so we can look forward and around for God's nearness and presence again? To do this, you'll want something to write with and something to write on. If you're driving right now, you can always come back to this a little bit later. There's also a post on Instagram where we walk through the reflection I'm about to lead right now. Here's the question first. What items will you bring out when decorating time comes? Make a list. Now, as you scan that list, do any of those items remind you of God's goodness and presence, God being with you in the past? Make a quick note of them. Next, make a second list. What traditions will you be part of in the coming months? What activities will you do? As you scan your traditions list, do any of those remind you of God's presence, of God with you in the past? And note those. Now review both lists and pick just one thing. What would it look like to approach that one thing, whether it's decorating your house, baking that dessert, changing that playlist, whatever it is, what would it look like to approach that this year in the hope of anchoring yourself to God's past presence? Would you do it any differently? Maybe it's as simple as picking right now when it'll happen and putting it in your calendar on your phone just to make sure it really does happen. Maybe it's about how you do it, that you would do it more slowly. Or maybe you would have layers around it that you wouldn't just bake the dessert, you'd also put on some music. Whatever that one thing is, our goal is simply for you to consider if something that you are certainly going to do soon could help you expand your thinking from just getting ready for Christmas to remembering that God is with you at Christmas and always. And of course, this practice of picking one thing that you'll do, an item or a tradition, it can go beyond Christmas as well. When you find that you're in need of an awareness of God with you, look back and consider, is there an item or a tradition that reminds you God was with you before? Might you bring it back in an intentional way to remind you that God is with you now? 
For example, when Curtis and I were still in Illinois and trying our best to trust that God was with us as we moved back to California, there were times that I was really overwhelmed with all the unknowns. I wanted to trust that God was with us in this decision because we'd been looking for God and inviting God into the process as best we knew how. And yet there were times that I thought the whole thing would blow up and we would be in a really hard place if it didn't work out. One of the things I did at that point was related to an item. I bought a journal and there were avocados on the cover because there ain't no avocados in Chicago, at least not that grew nearby. It was a tangible symbol of God with me. And as I wrote about the things that made me afraid, as I wrote about the things that God only would need to work out if this was ever going to work out, every time I picked up the avocado journal, it gave me a sense that God really was with me. It was a small item that anchored me to God's presence in the past so that I could have more anticipation instead of fear in the future. We'll be back next time with another part of the Christmas story, as well as another practice to help us live like God really is with us. For now, a benediction. May God bless you with the peace of their own presence. God is with you. May God bless you with memories that in the past God was with you. May God bless you with anticipation that in the future, God will be with you. May God bless you with the chance to say to your neighbor, whether in word or actions, God is with you. Amen.